Who are we? What is reality? Is there reality? What do we experience as reality? Is there a God? Is there love? Age-old questions, but we asked them today to U.G. Krishnamurti. He comes from India, has written widely, has traveled widely, has lectured widely, but has a very unique view on the world. I call him the great debunker. Whatever you believe, he'll find a reason for you not to believe. Whatever you see, he will tell you it isn't there. A man that pushes you back into yourself. And some of us even start doubting who we are. I don't. Today I come from a position like most people where I believe in a God and I believe in things, but that doesn't make Yuji Krishnamurti not less fascinating because he doesn't. So to start with the first question, welcome, Yuji, God. I think there is such a thing as direction and a God. You, you don't. You have described me as a debunker. Throwing all those questions at this debunker, such questions which people have been asking for centuries, is a reflection on your intelligence. <laughs> Well, maybe I'm not intelligent. That's not intelligent enough. But are you really interested in finding out the answers for those questions? For centuries, people have been telling us that God created us and God created this world. And those who do not believe that God is responsible for the creation of this world, they claim themselves to be the person's who know what they are talking about, what they have discovered as scientists, you know. And why do we accept the assertions of the scientists? Whether it God created this universe or some great big uh, bang in nature created this universe, it doesn't really matter. But we are not ready to accept that a universe like this cannot come into being without some cause or with some something, you see. So we cannot accept anything, any happening in the world outside of the field of cause and effect. So we have to find out the cause of everything. We have so far not succeeded. I was telling a few minutes ago, I was made to believe that God created this universe. Those who have lost faith in God those who have tremendous investment in the scientists who you think know what they are talking about and what they have discovered, they say just a happening in the universe. All right. And uh, I was told when I was a student that there is order in this world. I was a little boy in the school. I asked my professor, not at that time a lecturer, I don't see any order in this world. Why you are talking of order in this world? He got a Nobel Prize. And another joker arrived on the scene and said, there is chaos in this world. Then I started looking at the same universe. That bastard said, there is order in the universe. This joker tells me that there is chaos. I don't see order, I don't see chaos. 
Then what the hell they are talking about? A third guy arrived on the scene and said, he sees both order and chaos in the same frame. All the three got Nobel Prizes. I don't see any order, I don't see any chaos, I don't see order and chaos in the same frame. Why they are telling us that they know how the things are happening in this world? Whether God created this world or some happening in this great big bang, I am not interested, you see. But, but most people are. As you say, there is a need to find this first cause, this first... What is the need that you are uh, asserting? What is the need? I don't see any need to know who created this, the world. I don't even know who created me. You know, I want to tell you some uh, story. My grandson uh, was brought up by Catholics and they were telling him that God created you and God created the world. And his father said, your grandfather is the only one that can answer that question. Go and ask him. And he called me one day on the telephone. You don't come and spend much time with us. We would like to spend some time with your grandpa. We have very serious questions. And we have been told by my grandmother that God created us and God created the world. And my father says that you are the only one that can answer that question. And then... I said, I'm a very crude man. When your parents make love next time, insist that you and your sister should be present. Then you will know who created you. And my son got on the line. And what is it that you are telling? We are already having a lot of problems with my children. You are putting these strange ideas into their heads. Then we will talk about who created God later on. Those kids, seven and five-year-old kids, asking the grandmother this question, who created God? Who created God? So they were not in position to answer that question at all. So then, you see, we'll deal with that question later on. I have a lot of people. Uh, I'm talking to them. And then every year he came and asked me, who created God? And I was not in a position to give any satisfactory answer. And I took some money from my pocket and gave him $1,000 to keep him silent. And then every time he came to see me, you have not answered the question. And my granddaughter came, you are very partial to your grandson. I also want money. And so I had to give another thousand. Every time they came and threw that question at me, you have not answered that question yet. So I had to double it and triple it. But and being very critical, you answered the question about an illusion about a belief system, about God, no. you answered it by giving them a thousand dollars, which is another belief system. The most realistic thing, that is the most solid thing that you but can... But it's say. also a belief system. Not a belief. Money is not a belief. Oh. Uh, no, not at all. When I was uh, uh, four years old, you see, two plus two, four, they said, I was a very troublesome guy to all my teachers. Why should two plus two be four? I asked him. And then he brought some marbles and said, two marbles, two marbles. He said, this is two plus two, four. No, I don't accept that. The only thing I accept is money. Two rupees, give me another two rupees, put them together and count their four rupees. And that was kind of a, a strange approach to all the problems they tried to create for me. You know, if you don't accept one, there is no two. 
you know, in the ultimate analysis, even mathematics is mysticism. You know the whole story of mathematics, you see. One, two, three, they stopped there. And then the Arabs centered the picture and they moved it up to nine. There they stopped for centuries. One day, Bertrand Russell and uh, Radhakrishnan, the very famous philosopher, he was the president of India, brilliant fellow, they both appeared on the BBC. And Bertrand Russell made a statement that India has contributed nothing, nothing to the scientific thinking of man. And when his term came, Radhakrishnan said, that's the only thing that India has contributed. Nothing, he said. Nothing means zero. And that created the problems for us all. So I add one, zero, 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 zero. And nobody is able to handle me because I go on adding zeros and zeros and zeros. You know? Yes. So he himself admitted that in the uh, mathematics, in the ultimate uh, final analysis is Mysticism. It is very strange that they have found out that the Hungarians uh, are the top mathematicians in the whole world today. So even there you can't be sure of anything, you see. Everything, if there is no one, there is no two. But why should there be one? They create all this mess for us, even in this field, where we have to deal with them uh, in a realistic way. Right along these uh, idiotic questions, who created uh, the world, who created the universe, and if you don't believe in God, and if you don't believe in uh, Great Big Bang, as the scientists are asserting, is responsible. I am not interested in this. I am here, living. In the midst of all these things, I never ask any questions like, who created this universe, who created God, who created me? You know, what for? Okay, then we live in a black box. And we shouldn't care about what's outside the black box or what's inside the black box. Why do you call it a black box? Well, the, the, the inside word black, that box we create belief systems. Money is one, God is one, love is one. Money is all that matters in this world. Nothing else matters. That's all. I discovered that even when I was an young boy, you know, they asked this idiotic question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, let me grow up, you see. What do I want now? I want only money. Money, nothing else. I know money can buy anything and everything in this world. When I made an assertive statement like this in one of my interviews, that lady asked me, can money buy love? My God, that's the only thing that money can buy, the love. You may not have a particular lovey-dovey, but uh, there are so many people there, and money, what is it that money cannot buy? That's the, you know. So you don't have any belief system, how, but no, no. does that make your life a little bit empty no, no. if you don't believe in these things? You see, why I want to assert, and I have time and again asserted this point, that there is only a belief there. There is no believer. So you are that belief, what you call you. It doesn't matter whether you believe in God or whether you believe in uh, the assertions of the scientists or value well, in the assertions that uh, the President Bush makes uh, time and again. I will see that Americans will have the same standard of living forever. Huh? You invest your faith in that guy. 
You see, because he is asserting, you know, like that. So, there is no believer there. You don't have to take my word, you see. There is only a belief. You are that belief. What you call you is that belief. It doesn't matter what that belief is. Whether you believe in God or whether you believe in love, whether you believe in this, that and the other. So if that belief comes to an end, you as you know yourself and as you experience yourself is coming to an end. When I die, my shit box goes. That goes first. Before that, what you call clinical death cannot take place, cannot occur. So if that goes now, you will drop dead at this moment. What will remain after that is not your interest, is not your concern, because you are not going to be there to tell yourself that you are dead. So those who say that you are dead and define it as clinical death, use their knowledge and tell you that you are not breathing, you are not responding to the stimulus, there is no pulse They using the knowledge and they say that you are dead. But the fact that you are dead is something which cannot be experienced by you or even by them or even by those beloved ones what they experience is not the death of their dear, near ones, but the void created by what you call death makes it impossible for them to live the same kind of a life forever. You know? So for all practical purposes, there is no such thing as death for the body. Birth and death is a simultaneous process. The moment you are born, you have to die. You see, birth is a definition. Death is a definition. Health is a definition. Disease is a definition. All these are definitions. We swallow all the definitions. We think that they know what they are talking about. They don't know nothing. Nothing at all. So they assert based upon what they think that they have found out through their research projects or through the beliefs that is passed on to us from generation to generation. So the assertion that there is no believer, but there is only belief, cannot be accepted by you. If the belief comes to an end, you will come to an end. So you cannot but replace one belief with another belief. You see, the question that people ask in the Western countries is that, you see, when once you have all that you can reasonably ask for is already there, the question arises, is that all? It is that question that created a market for all those people from the eastern countries to come and exploit you and tell you that we have answers for your questions. They don't have any answers. See, you have everything. Is that all? That is all. And then that question does not at all arise. You know? So you are terribly bored living day after day, day after day, same kind of a life. Go and work for a living and fucking becomes, I'm sorry to use that word, but that's the most uh, effective word, a terrible bore. So you invested a thing called love. You understand? You have invested, uh, found out, this is used so many words, honey bunch, sweetie pie, sugar bugger, and what is that uh, words, mm -hmm. to get, this has become a bore, a terrible bore. I'm not saying anything against uh, uh, pleasure, you see. So through the help of uh, thinking mechanism, quote-unquote, we have turned that, you see, a necessary thing for the continuity of living organisms into a pleasure. So those who deny themselves that pleasure, the spiritual guys, the priests in the churches, all the holy men, 
all the enlightenment telling you that they are practicing celibacy, why they have to practice celibacy? It is something that is very essential for the continuity of the living organisms. Every form of life depends upon this for their continuity, the human bodies. You know, all the flora and the fauna that is there inside, millions and millions of living organisms crawling on this body, you have no business to take baths for purposes of cleanliness. You are killing millions and millions of them. You know that? Uh, mosquitoes depend upon you, your hemoglobin, for the continuity of the mosquitoes. Only female mosquitoes bite because they need that hemoglobin to give continuity to the mosquitoes. You know, they don't bite me anymore. They sing songs and I enjoy them better than Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, Fifth Symphony, Mozart, Bach and all those because such a melodious thing. Probably my hemoglobin is not <laughs> productive enough for them for whatever reason, you know. You, you, you make me go between my doubts on belief system that you say religion, love, all those things are illusions. No, I'm yes? not saying illusion. Well, if you are, you say that it's a belief. Yeah. It's, it's, why do you even question? Why do you even doubt? You see, if there is, if people believe in God, huh, it's fine with me. But uh, you want others also to believe in God. You see, the, that is a pleasure. You see, you have to share with somebody else what you believe, what you like. Even you force people to eat pokacha, you see, the bread from Italy. Force everybody to eat that. I don't like it. I detest that one. So unless you also enjoy that, they don't feel the pleasure. Sharing, you see, is very important. You go out for a walk. Look, look, look how beautiful is the sunset and sunrise. I don't even want to look at that. But he forces you to look at that and share that pleasure. So when once they don't have this pleasure they turn food into pleasure. Why do they have to eat 25-course meal? All those spiritual uh, uh, people there in the market field, they eat like pigs, hawks and swine all rolled into one. They don't need any tables to put your computers and then, uh, you know, they don't need it. Why do they have to eat all that stuff? That's also a pleasure. I'm not saying anything against that. So why do we even ask these questions? That is why I say that those who believe in God, you believe in God. And I don't want to believe in God. And you want me to believe in God, all right? No, I don't want. You call me a nihilist, you call me an atheist, you call me this, that and the other and feel so good. Why do you want me to believe in God? And so why you have invented all this nonsensical stuff that they talk, cosmological, ontological, teleological proofs of the existence of God. If there is a God, let him be there. I am not interested. God is irrelevant as far as I am concerned. It does not mean that I am an atheist or I don't believe in God. If you believe in God, believe in God. It's fine. Yet, you, right, there is a... Yeah. This. And even the atheists want to convert you and free you from your belief in God. Why do they want to free you from your belief in God? You believe in God? I don't believe in God. That's the end of it. As far as I'm concerned, whether God is there or not, it doesn't matter to me. God is irrelevant. You see, I don't need uh, God for any reason in my life. You understand? I don't 
want to pray to him whether he exists or not it is of no interest i was telling you i was in the masonic movement and i used to tell myself uh, if that god has created this imperfect world he needs my help as a mason to use me as a mason to perfect the imperfect world he created all right when we put money there we have to tell ourselves and tell everybody i am hereby divesting everything i have everything i possess everything i have i put 10 rupees and repeat this nonsense so i walked out you understand so you have to somehow force others also to believe in all your beliefs and if you have lost belief in anything you must also want to free them their belief you see or want them to believe that there is no god so whether god exists or not uh, is of no importance to us but anyway uh, millions and millions of people use that existing or non existing god to make a living uh, jesus uh, created a chance for millions and millions of people to make a living preaching that you know and so why why you have to believe in god you know i thought i was very original when i made a statement when somebody threw a question at me god i said god is a jumbled spelling huh dog so now i thought i was very original nobody is original nobody is uh, at all we don't quote the source now you press that computer and ask the question god and then press the button jumbled spelling god is the jumbled spelling of dog you know so why are we interested why do we have to find the cause of everything we are functioning in the field of cause and effect relationship you can't conceive of the possibility of anything happening outside the field of cause and effect not only there our relationships why do we have to write the stories of our lives why do we have to place them before as all those religious teachers as models and tell everybody that you must live like them you see when tomorrow the day after or you see 20 years after the indians have invented a thing called reincarnation do you know why they have invented a reincarnation you did something terrible in your past life that is why you are suffering in this life make a virtue of your suffering in the next life you will be amply rewarded boy what kind of guys they are and then you see when i was an young boy i don't know if it is uh, interesting for your uh, self and for others this interview i was a 7 year old guy and we attended the golden jubilee of the theosophical society in madras my grandfather was one of the earliest members of the theosophical society we knew all the leaders of the theosophical society he contributed so much of money for every cause for example anibesant started uh, the beginnings of benares hindu university proclaiming to that country this college will produce future leaders of the world not one came out of that college no leader you know came out of that college and so when people came there were 3000 people from every part of the world when they met instead of introducing themselves my name is yuja krishnamurthy what is yours that's how we see introduce ourselves when we meet first they introduce themselves in a very strange way i was queen victoria in my past life what were you i was jordan or bruno in my past life what were you 
then i found not one historical figure not one spiritual person not even stars were left for me you know <laughs> krishnamurti star <laughs> so i lost my faith in reincarnation enough you know what for nothing nobody is left for me so why should they be reincarnation that was how all those things shattered they were such big shocks for me so you have to accept all that for what we can't live together you see if you don't believe even in our homes you know they force us to eat the same kind of a food huh why you have to bother about you know the you know 19 vitamins in vovo maltin and even toilet papers have vitamin e now in chicago i mean sorry in uh, switzerland very expensive toilet papers my explanation is very simple vitamin e activates the sex glands when you rub that after sheeting it activates probably the sex glands you feel some sort of a, a pleasure <laughs> and then the razors <laughs> what is that they use mamzel and then you see vitamin e probably you don't have to kiss or don't <laughs> and you rub it with the vitamin e and shave your <laughs> and then you feel probably what what kind of an interview is this yeah you want well something? yeah well i want something <laughs> we are talking about belief system and sometimes you call like a religion a glove Yes. For some reason you took off the glove or the glove no, I, fell apart. I didn't take off the glove, you see. Uh life you can give hundreds of definitions. Life is something whatever the word life means cannot be captured and contained and given expression to. Our problems you can talk of uh, life the meaning of life the purpose of life they are all meaningless. but what we are interested in and what has what is creating problems for us is living we cannot live with others you know living the living is the problem created by the whole culture or the society or whatever you want to call it this is how you should believe this is what you should believe this is what you should do this is what you should not do that was my problem even as a little boy i was not interested in spiritual uh, shit and enlightenment and all that uh, god realization self realization even as a little boy i rejected because i didn't see that operating the lives of the people who were there around me the claimants to all the highest spiritual states they were also like anybody else do as i say but don't do as i do something wrong i was not interested in that i was don't really interested in my want whatever i want they didn't want me to want my family members my teachers everybody you should want this and not that you know so to please me they used the money by giving and denying to make me force me to want what they wanted me to want i was not interested Our money is all right acceptable to me because that's the only thing that i need and i know if i know of anything else in this world money is all that is necessary for me to survive in this world nothing else so even today money is the highest top on the top food is at the bottom of my needs <laughs> and when once that is the case you don't care for money at all you'll be so surprised whatever 
I don't need, I don't keep it. You, you understand? So this is not a spiritual state or any such a thing. If I want anything in this world, I have the means to get whatever I want is already with me or in his pocket and I pick it up and ask him, please don't call me a pickpocket. So it is not a spiritual state. My goals and needs are the same. If I want something, I have the means to get whatever I want. Not only that, in that area, but in every field, you see, if I want to reach the top, this was any profession I wanted, I could have reached the top in that area. As a speaker, I was considered to be one of the most brilliant speakers that India ever produced when I was 21, you know. So I knew how I became a speaker, you see, choosing some models and then practicing. And after all, you see, it is an order to be practiced. You see, how I practiced, how I memorized and how I reached the top, I knew very well. So anything I wanted. So this is the only instrument I have. As a boy, I'm telling you, an young boy, this is the only instrument I have, what you call intellect. I have to use this to achieve my goals. All right? And then you have to take into consideration there is somebody who is more intelligent than I am. How am I going to handle that guy who is supposed to have more, whatever that... Uh, Intelligence means. This was my questions, not God, God realization, spiritual. No. How am I going to get whatever I want? So far it has not helped me uh, to achieve whatever I wanted, to get whatever I wanted through the use of quote-unquote intellect. You understand? So you have to take into consideration somebody who is more intelligent than I am. All right? And then don't talk of intuition, don't talk of all that thing. This is the only instrument I have. This has not helped me to achieve my goals, to reach the top in any area of my existence. And if I am ready to use uh, the other thing, crooked means, I have to take into consideration somebody who is more crooked than I am. How am I going to handle those crooked guys? This was my basic approach to all the problems, not the spiritual solutions that they offered me, because I found that those who were around me, all the pontiffs were there around me. Here you have only one pontiff there, hundreds of pontiffs, each one claiming to be, see, whatever he claims to be. See, no, 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 it's, it's not operating in your life, I'm not interested, you know. So this is the only way to reach my goal. How am I going to? Huh? He's more crooked than I am. Would you call that approach rationalistic or materialistic? Or? You see, sir, to call that materialistic or condemn people as materialists has no meaning now because they have all found out there is no such thing as matter. Why call it, you see? It's a, an excuse for us, you see, to feel good that uh, you are condemning them, you see. They are materialists. The spiritual people... Huh? Why do they go to the church? What do they demand? At least here, they are not interested in enlightenment. They are not interested in all that kind of a thing. But here they go and pray. What do you want? Material goodies. That's all. I don't know. Huh? Happiness? Huh? Content? Happiness is a material thing. What do you mean happiness? What exactly do you mean by happiness? If you translate a particular sensation as happiness... 
you call it happiness a particular sensation that is there you separate yourself and use that knowledge about the happiness that is put in there and translate that and tell yourself that you are happy the moment you it is a sensation you understand all sensations are very short lived they can't last forever so the moment you separate yourself from a particular sensation and tell yourself that you are happy the demand to keep that going longer than its duration of life is inevitable so what all you are doing to stretch that and keep that going on and on has turned that into the opposite unhappiness you are stuck with unhappiness same is the case with the pleasure if you say that it is a pleasure you want to be in that state of pleasure all the time it is just not possible so you are turning pleasure into pain you know we are not ready to accept it and all those religious jokers tell us we have some ways we teach you the techniques of meditation yoga this that and the other and you will be in a permanent bliss the demand for permanence in every area of our existence is, ca- is the cause of human misery there is no such thing as permanence at all the permanence that is what we are all interested in you see then the future we are talking about i ask people first to tell me something about the present this is the present moment you are living in the so called present tell me something about present anything you tell me about the present is the past that is telling me that this is the present you know so there must be a present before you demand future the future you are interested in is what you didn't have in the past i don't have good health i want to be healthy i don't have money i want more money uh, i am in poor health i want to be very healthy what i don't have now i want in the future but the instrument which i am going to use to create the future i am interested in is the same interest that created the past so the future is not going to be any the different from the past but probably most probably a modified continuation of the past so there must be a present the present does not exist at all if the present is not there there can't be any future you can't jump over from the past into the future you have to go through the present what tells you that this is the present and describing the present is the past so for all practical purposes there is no such thing as future you are wanting to have create a future different from the past is the one that is responsible for your problems you see so there is no such thing as future at all only a modified continuity of the past this goes on all through our life go on and on and on so that misery has got to come to an end before what you call death takes place you know what you call death there is no such thing as death for the body it cannot tell itself that you are dead you know i know a lot of people who created organizations uh, the near death experience and all that kind of a thing i address them they closed down all the near death experience organizations in australia how can you have a dialogue with the death i want to know huh when you are given anesthesia for certain operations you go into a strange state 
and then you <coughs> think you are having a dialogue with your death. Death does not exist at all. <coughs> Sorry. You don't even know that you are alive. If you ask me that question, are you alive? My answer would be, yes, I am very much alive. Why I am making that assertive statement and give the answer as I am alive? Because that question is born out of the knowledge how a living being functions. So I am using the same knowledge that is there, which created that question, which has made you to throw that question at me, is bringing out the answer. But the fact that I am alive, <coughs> sorry, can never, never be experienced yeah. by me or by anybody. Enough? Well, I'm, I'm still wondering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, what you say in a way is elu uh, emotions, believe they're all, you don't need them. There's, there's, you don't need him. But isn't that the same what the old Vedic sages said about detachment? You know, don't get attached to no, your beliefs. That's all the shit you see. The, you, there is no need for anybody to detach yourself from anything. You know, at all. Why attachment is a problem? The attachment you are made to believe is the cause of your misery. So detach yourself. The only detachment is to walk out, walk out on your wife, walk out on your children, and become a sannyasi, wear orange robes, change your name into some other name, and believe that you are now detached. Not at all. When I went on BBC, the guest of the the week program. They could not handle me, the usual interviewers. They invited a professor of philosophy from London University. The first question he asked me was, Sir, you are tearing apart everything India has stood for centuries. Why you have not changed your name? And I told him, only criminals and holy men change their names. Holy men change their names more often than criminals. I can understand criminals changing their name, but why holy men should change their names? You wear orange robes. And then you create a new identity with the new name and you hold on to that name. And those people who gave names, those religious people, gave feminine names to men and masculine names to women to fool everybody, you see. So when once you identify yourself with the new names, it's difficult for you to go back. The identity with the name is the most important thing with us. So my answer to those questions is, you know, I have a telephone number, I have a number for my apartment, street numbers, and then bank account number, passport number. Give me a number. My favorite number is 4982. I repeat it all the time. It's easier for the computer. Now the computers can come out with the names also. In the beginning they had a lot of problems. They had to handle only the numbers. Now you can put the names also. So we are no different from the computers, but this is something extraordinary. You can't imagine the human computer. This is what I am telling all those experts who come and brag about what wonderful computers are and how it's going to be a great help to us all. I tell them, the moment you put selectivity and censorship in the computers, their usefulness will be finished. And they will be used the way the society 
and the leaders of mankind are using our thinking mechanism, which is nothing but selectivity and censorship, and destroy that or use them to destroy everything. Their usefulness will be finished. So what all is there is a selectivity and censorship. You should look at this, you should not look at that. You see, you select this, not that. So that is the one that has created a major problem for us. We are all caught up in that, the choices. So we are doomed. It is not a pessimistic assertion that I am making. All right, why do you have to go to the church and pray? The prayer is only to get what you don't have. All those prayers are materialistic, not like the Indians wanting enlightenment and moksha, liberation, freedom from births and deaths. But here they go to the mosques, they go to the temples, they go to the churches. They want only the materialistic things, not spiritual. They talk of moksha, liberation there. You know the prayer, my grandmother, very sharp woman, she was not a spiritual woman. She used to give me this example of a thief hiding in a bush praying to that God, Oh God, I am going to break into that house and steal everything. Please see that I don't get caught. That was his prayer to that God. Got it? And then the the owner of that house, who has so much, their wealth and all that, praying to the same God, asking him, Sir, see that the thieves don't break in and rob everything. On whose side do you think God is? God should be on the side of the thieves. Because he is struggling and he doesn't uh, accept the fact that if he is as rich as he is today, he has robbed huh? and his robbery and his thievery and if I coin my own word stealery, he is accepted by the society and you condemn the other guys. If there is a God, he should be on his side, not on my side. What do you think, sir? I have said enough. Yes, I think so. Yuji, as usual, you have uh, you have shaken my black box of beliefs. I don't replace it with the other box. You think shit box? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are using a refined term and call it uh, black box, but there also the same shit box is there. All that they have put in created mischief. Some great philosopher now, famous philosopher, is writing a book on Yuji, calling it the shit philosophy of Yuji, shit philosophy, shit, 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 shit. Om Tat Chit is the statement there, Om Tat Shit. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Yuji, the man who, uh, for many people, shakes their belief systems, their existence, and as a paradox, I think that's a very good thing. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>